It's the Accounting Informances Podcast and a special bonus episode. This is the 26th of April, and it's a very special day in the life of Will Farnell, owner of Farnell Clark, and author of The Human Firm. Will, good day and welcome to the show. Hi, Rob. A pleasure to talk to you as ever. Will, what is so significant about the 26th of April? 26th of April 2023, Rob, is launch day. Uh, so I'm really excited today. My uh, second book, The Human Firm, uh, hits the market officially uh, so it's uh, it's been about I don't know five months five months in in the making but five years in the thinking uh, and and today is a day that uh, we're 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 now officially launching we're talking to people about what the book is about what I'm trying to do why I've written it uh, and hopefully the impact it's going to have on on firm owners whether they're accountants bookkeepers in terms of how they run their firms but also what they deliver for their clients. Well, we'll dive into the book a little bit more in a moment. And also talk about the its prequel, if you like, the digital firm, which you wrote a few years ago. But let's just uh, take a moment to acknowledge what happens when you write a book for accountants. Does it fly off the shelves like Harry Potter and J.K. Rowling? Are they hungry out there for books? Give us a little bit of the feel for the ecosystem in literature for accountants. <laughs> well, it's kind of a bit niche. Let's, let's be perfectly honest. Well, there are millions of accountants in the world. There, there are. But then it's it it's getting people engaged enough with with a, a topic and and I was very fortunate with the first book with a digital firm uh, that it captured the imagination a little bit in terms of the time uh, I'd been quite fortunate that I'd been reasonably visible particularly on on the back of, of working with with a number of key vendors and the book launched and people were keen to kind of hear what we'd we'd done at, at Farnell Clark uh, and, and vendors grabbed hold of it and were giving copies to their new starters because they felt that it kind of gave people a, an understanding of, of what their solutions were delivering for accounting firms in terms of opportunity. Um, and I, I mean, I don't know the exact numbers because we sold the books in so many different ways. Um, but I think we did between about four and 5,000 copies um, of the digital firm, which for, for a pretty niche targeted uh, book is, is pretty good going. Uh, so we, we were really pleased with it. Um, and we're really excited by the prospects of, of this second book um we'll talk more about kind of some of the primary activity we're doing around it and and my first book was was largely self-published uh so i i worked with a, an editor we, we we got it out we printed it ourselves we put it on amazon ourselves and therefore we promoted it ourselves as well so uh it was very much dependent on on us driving the adoption the people that read it were great because they told people that they'd read the book and it was definitely worth a read um zero flashed us up on the screen uh, uh at Zerocon in 2019 uh here's some great books for accountants and mine was one of them so loads of things that that just drove people to read it feedback was great and and following on from from that book i i did lots of speaking on the back of the book and i talked about the evolution uh, and the journey that we'd been on as an accounting firm from from being an online accounting firm way back when in 2008, 2009, in what was seen as quite a derogatory term. People talked about online accountants in a very negative way because they thought we didn't care about clients and all we wanted to do was do it as cheaply as possible. And that evolution took us through what I called online accounting to what then became referred to as cloud accounting. I talked about digital firm and I've spent the best part of the last five years kind of teeing up what comes next. I had kind of a linear a linear diagram that, that tracked through those three stages and we we hit kind of 2022 was a date that I put on this slide back in 2018 to talk about what happens between 2022 and 2027 what's the next 
evolution of the digital firm. Uh, and a couple of years ago, I started to talk about the concept of what I thought came next, which was the people firm or the human firm. So when I say the book has kind of been five months in the making, but five years in the thinking, it's very much about the minute I wrote the digital firm, that was really trying to encapsulate what what we were doing as a firm at that point and what I hoped other firms would would aspire to. Where we are slightly differently now is is I don't feel we're a human firm yet, but this is about the clarity of of what I see as what we should be uh, and what other firms should be aspiring to do. But I think you've got to be a digital firm to be able to evolve into the human firm. So there's still an element of kind of teeing this up and, and giving people a path to trade. That was a key quote from your book that I noticed that to be a fully human firm, you've got to be a fully digital firm. And you were very honest in acknowledging that the predictions you made for how many firms would be fully digital at this point in time, I was woefully overestimated. <laughs> Slightly <laughs> aspirational, shall we say. Yeah. Um, and and it's really funny because in 2018, I talked about 20% adoption. Um, and five years later, I'm talking about 20% adoption. So what that tells me is that in 2018, I was way too ambitious uh, for where firms really were, were at. Um, and... And it's a big frustration. And I, I I hope what people that have read the first book and go on to read this book will pick up is is elements of frustration in in my tone and language, because it is just really frustrating that more firms haven't haven't done this. And we look at what what firms were able to do as a result of the catalyst that COVID provided for us to change overnight so much of what we did. But we shouldn't need catalysts like global pandemics and an MTD to drive firms to make change that has a positive impact on on them as business owners and their their clients as as the people they're serving and and that's where my real frustration is because this this stuff is is it, it is a no-brainer I think I talk about no-brainer and I I talk about stuff being bonkers in the book the fact that people just haven't grasped the opportunities that are right in front of them to to take what they do and do it better um, and, and see benefits on the back of that for themselves and, and for their clients. You mentioned in the book that accountants, whilst not known for their changeability, they have taken on various changes. But it's fair to say, isn't it, Will, that very few accountants make any proactive change in their firm in the way they work unless it's mandated by law or regulation or anything else. So I've got a sense of your frustration in reading the book that so many accountants are heads down dealing with the day-to-day -day and dealing with the current client base that they've got, that they're not looking up and being strategic and being proactive, and they're just doing what they have to do. And as you say, missing out on opportunities. It's very much about doing that horizon scanning. And, and, and it's really easy, even when we talk about the kind of technology side of it, that there is a risk if we don't stop and look up every now and again at what's going on around us that 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 we end up becoming complacent with what we've got and it's really important that 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 we that we continue to innovate we continue to to see what's going on in the world around us and you've only got to to kind of revisit the 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 blockbusters of this world and 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 anybody of a certain age will remember Woolworths um and and the challenge of of those businesses is that that they got complacent, they didn't adapt to the the external environmental changes that were going on around them, um, and and people evolved beyond their offering, 
um, and people napped while these these, these organisations napped while people did that. Um, and then it was too late. And there is that genuine fear that when is the tipping point? When do we get to the point where it's too late to go back? Um, and that's that's what I genuinely worry about for, for some of these firms, that whilst people are still prepared to turn up and and pay the growth recurring fees that, that mean that the bar for delivery is really low because all we've got to do is not mess up and our clients keep coming back and paying us year on year. At some point, that's that's not going to be enough. And then it's going to be a case of, oh, we're losing a client a week at the moment to that new firm down the road that are doing stuff differently. And then it's kind of almost too late to backtrack and make that change because we we know how long it takes to make that change because we've been there and I've helped other firms through that through that process it's as as nice as it would be for it to be able to, to flick a switch and and it changes overnight it doesn't it takes work planning effort um tough communication with clients tough communication with team members that you need to get along on the journey with you so all that stuff takes time and the risk is when when do we go beyond the point of no return well we thought the UK initiative making tax digital would be a burning platform that would force accounting firms to not quite turn upside down what they were doing, but really get their, their ship into ship shape. But you describe in the book how that wasn't the end goal. Ultimately, that is the gateway to a new world. So I'd like you in true story narrative to explain us the old world and the new world, the old world being the digital firm and the new world being the human firm. Can you just put those next to each other as a contrast in 60 seconds or so yeah i, I think more than than comparable it, it is this concept of of evolution and, and i present it in a couple of ways in in the book um uh we have the linear which is the way that i've talked about it over the last five years but what what i i thought in terms of where we are now is that that actually it's cyclical um and what we have is if we go back 25 years accountants had great relationships with their clients to the point that they got invites to the birthdays, weddings, funerals, all of those kind of things. And then compliance got in the way, regulatory obligations got in the way. And our focus became, we we became compliance accountants. So we focused on the compliance more than the relationships because the compliance was so time consuming. And then we evolved into what we did in terms of online accounting, where we saw an opportunity to have better access to data. That led through that linear bit. But if we think about it in a cycle, we went through cloud accounting, digital firm. And actually where we've come back to with the human firm is that we're back to relationships. But the really compelling piece is that whereas 25 years ago, we had great relationships, but we were still getting data six months after the year end. We now have the relationships, but we have the data to, to provide meaningful conversations within those relationships. And the technologies enabled that to happen. So the digital firm really was about how do we get to the point where we've got meaningful data? That means we can deliver greater insights to clients. We, we work smarter. We work more efficiently. It creates capacity for us to service more clients or to deliver more for the clients we've got. So that's the baseline because you can't go to the next evolution, I don't believe, in terms of, of really making those relationships meaningful with that data. If you haven't got the data that the digital firm is about making sure we have so it's it, it is a logical evolution um so we and, and where i see the human firm is that from a a competitive differentiator for us at final clock for the last 10 years technology has been our differentiator that's the bit that we were doing that nobody else was we were in that that kind of 
two percent of firms that that were really doing this stuff reasonably well we've got the processes we've got the technology we've got the people working well to enable us to adapt our business model um which is what delivered our growth what happens now is that that everybody's got access to the same technology so every accounting firm can go out and use the same technology that we can um, there's enough webinars that i've done over the years where i talk to people about the processes that we uh we use in our firm so our firm can be easily replicated as a digital firm but the next level of differentiator is around people so the only bit that can't be replicated is people because people are unique so our team our clients are all different so it's how do we create a compelling differentiator through our people in terms of making sure that we recruit the very best people by having the right culture, the right firm personality. And that kind of works as an external face as well. How do we make sure that that we can communicate our difference, that people can look at us and say, yes, they do accounts and yes, they use zero, whatever it is they use. But actually, there's something else that's unique about what they do. And that might be a personality statement. It might be a, a brand. It might be culture. It might be a niche that they're operating in. But how do we think about the next level of competitive advantage? Um, and with AI, RPA, all of this technology stuff that's still getting better, it's we've got to focus on the things that are not going to be automated the human empathy, the emotional intelligence, the, uh, the, the sense of making people feel comfortable, being able to sleep at night, the things that only the human elements can do, that's where we have to focus in the next evolution of modern day accounting firms. How optimistic was I expecting you to do that in 60 seconds? Well? <laughs> yeah, sorry, Rob, you know me. I'm <laughs> interested in how driven this is by clients because they say accountants will jump if the clients tell them to jump. Many clients will say, look, I just want my accounts doing. I just want to be compliant. I just want to be legal. I just want the numbers. But more and more, we're getting more sophisticated clients with higher expectations, demanding more of the trusted advisors. So how much of this is client driven all of it all of it yes all of it's client driven so i i, I mentioned in in the book that that any change that firms have to make has to be driven by the client if there is no direct or indirect benefit on the client of doing anything differently to what you do don't do it um clearly we're not going to do anything that's going to be worse for the client but actually if if putting time, effort, resource, blood, sweat and tears into making a change. If that change doesn't have that direct or indirect benefit on the client, then don't, don't suffer the blood, sweat and tears. Carry on doing what you're doing. So this has all got to be driven by people. And when we think about change and the challenge that most firms have with change is it's, from, from my experience, is that it's because they're focusing on the wrong outcome. So without exception, every accounting firm I've ever gone into and worked with Everybody in that firm genuinely cares about the client. So it's kind of built into the accountant's DNA that, that we genuinely care. We want to make a difference. And often to the detriment of the accounting firm themselves. So most accountants will go beyond what they need to for the client to make sure they do the best by the client, even if it has a negative impact on them. And we see that in terms of profitability, doing work for free, all of that kind of stuff that that is good business sense that gets ignored because actually the focus is on we've got to make sure this client's looked after. So we have this kind of DNA of we absolutely care about the client. So if you want change to stick and you want change to be successful, it comes back to what's the direct or indirect benefit on the client of that change? Get your team to understand 
that the benefit is that the client sleeps at night, the client earns more money, the client is wins a new contract, whatever it might be. Let's focus all of that change on what's delivered for the client and you will get buy-in. Simple as that, because every member of staff in, a, in an accounting and bookkeeping firm genuinely cares. You've been on record before, Will, saying that a lot of the technology decisions that accounting firms make are driven by the firm and its leaders and the strategy of the firm rather than having the client at the heart of the decision. So that's not a new story for you, is it? No, and and I think that part of that is, so there's some ways to look at it. I mean, we've, we've, we've dictated process to clients for, for the entirety of our, our business. Yeah, this is the way we work and you will add here. And, and again, that's that's coming from doing the best for the client because if we don't dictate that process, we're never going to be able to deliver the best for the client because we're going to be doing different things for different people. We, we're, we're not as efficient as we could be by following our process. And in most cases, we do know best. So whilst the, the old saying is, oh, the client's always right, the client always knows best. They don't. And I use the analogy of we go to the doctors and, and the doctor prescribes us some medication. And, and most people I know will accept what the doctor tells them and they'll take the prescription and they won't say, really, you want me to have that one? What, what about this one? We don't do it because the doctor's the expert. They've done all the training. They've, had, they've got the qualifications. And it's the same for us with our clients. Uh, we do know best and we have to recognize that that our clients make conscious decision to pay us to give them advice. So by not giving them that advice, we're, we're doing them a disservice. Um, so we and, and we have to think as a, as a business owner as well and think about how do we best structure our own businesses to make sure we deliver the outcomes that, that we set out to deliver for our clients. And one quote that jumped out at me from the book is about the workforce of the future. And you say that millennials, Gen Z, Gen Alpha will form over 75% of the workforce and a sizable proportion of clients by 2025. And they bring different expectations, lifestyle priorities and attitudes to work and life that cannot be met by traditional firms. That's pretty powerful, unpack that for us a little. So the, the stats um, were, were originally some stats that we used in 2018 when I wrote the digital firm. Uh, and there was various research that that we, I, I, I think wasn't quite right. At, at that point, it said that, that millennials were gonna um, uh, occupy 75%, but those numbers just don't stack up when you break it down. But certainly when we bring in millennials and, and Gen Z, certainly, um, then a hugely significant proportion uh, of the workforce are going to come from those generations. And we've seen generational shifts. We know that buying habits have changed, buying influences have, have changed because so much more of our buying decisions are values driven. Um, so we're going to, we're going to see that. Um, uh, that brings with it different expectations. Um, Work-life balance is, is really critical to these people. So I think that that creates an opportunity for accounting firms because People will look at things like, well, do I really want to do the bookkeeping myself? Do I really want to do accounts? I'd much rather focus on the things that, that are really important to, to, to me as a, uh, as a business owner. So it's recognizing that whilst our, our team makeup is going to change, naturally, that means that our clients are going to come with different expectations. And we're talking about digital native generations. We're back to digital here, um, who have been given expectations um, outside of the world of accounting. But just because 
um, uh, they can order something on Amazon on a Saturday night and it arrive on, on a Sunday. That's going to extend beyond just their understanding of what they get from, from Amazon. It's going to create a level of expectation in every buying decision they have. So whilst I'm not saying for a second that accountants have got to compete with Amazon yet, what we've got to do is we've got to be really careful um, of meeting another level of expectations that, that are coming from a generation that are much more um, uh, reactive, responsive, and, and have expectations of, of faster responses. Most accountancy firms that, that ask clients for, for feedback in surveys and MPS schools and everything else, and, and I'm not saying we've got this right because we see it as well, the number one challenge and the number one reason most clients move from an accounting firm is responsiveness. If they don't get a response fast enough, and the expectation on that is, is only increasing. Uh, as we see this generation that are much more switched on the whole time. Everything is around you send a, a WhatsApp and you're waiting for the blue ticks because it's like, well, people have read it right now. Now I'm going to get the reply. Um, and it's it's unhealthy, um, but it's the reality of what we've what we've got to contend with and how we we think about the way we structure our our processes and our businesses to at least do better than than our competitors if we want to to kind of sell what we do based on a premium level of service. Now you DIY'd your first book, did it yourself. This time you're partnering with Sage, aren't you? Which is going to put a lot of weight behind. That's a very strong brand. Tell us how that partnership came about. It's it's really interesting. I've for, for a very, very long time I've I've been um again frustrated because I've seen huge opportunities for for vendors to really engage with with education. So much of the technology that, that that we've adopted and built into the heart of what we do as a practice requires a new business model. So you can't you can't take a zero or a sage cloud or whatever and use those in a way that you would have used traditional desktop solutions. Because if you start keying data into those things, it's going to be less efficient than it was when you were keying it into a spreadsheet. So we've got to recognize that these are new pieces of technology that require new thinking and different ways of structuring our business model. And that requires education. Um, and I've said to, to many vendors over the years, look, I, I, I can come and talk to your perspective users, and I can probably do a better job of selling your technology than you can, because I'm an accountant, I'm using it, I can talk about real life, and I can talk about what you've got to change to make it work. And and for many years, I felt like I was kind of banging my head against a, a brick wall because it was trying to get people. Yes, they'd get me along to speak on a on a on a stage or uh, an event or a lunch or whatever it is, but it it's not enough. It's got to go further than that in terms of how do you actually help people understand? If I'm going to get the best out of this, I've got to do X, Y, and Z. So I've really been keen to to drive education. I think we've I've I've made mistakes, and I'm one of these people that is very happy to to stand on any stage in front of any number of people and fess up to the things that I've got wrong. Um, because that's where the value is. That's where the learning is. We learn from not making the same mistakes that other people have made. So when you've got somebody that's willing to share that, it's how do we get that message out there? How do we get people to, to listen? Well, you found a kindred spirit in James Ashford, didn't you? Go Proposal, which is now in Sage. Yes. Uh, so I've known James for a long time. Um, and one of the things that, that James did with Go Proposal very well is they, they created education. So a significant part of their product adoption was because they were helping people understand the model that sat alongside the product and they created the community. So education was a fundamental part of it. And when Sage acquired Go Proposal, 
they also put out James's uh, second book um, uh, as almost a, a Sage type product. And uh, when Sage acquired Futurely uh, in uh, last last year, Accountex 2022, it was uh, announced. Um, they asked me to do a video uh, to talk about the acquisition, uh, which I didn't. James and I got chatting about education, and I talked about the fact that I'd got this book in my head, was really keen to get it out. Uh, and James said, "Well, let me go away and let me have a have a conversation because Sage are really keen on this education uh, piece." Uh, and things then moved very quickly. Uh, Sage Sage said they'd be delighted to to publish the book. Um, uh, so we got we got to work, uh, and uh, five five or so months uh, later, we'd uh, we'd 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 written the book. Um, so no, really really pleased. Great to see that 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 Sage have have seen the importance of of this education piece and helping people understand. Well, how do I practically make this work? Um, and it means the book's going to get to a great audience because we've got auto entry, we've got futurely, we've got Go proposal as well as the core Sage products. So we've got a number of, of vendors that are going to be getting behind the, the, the launch and we're 26th of April. So uh, uh, people will have perhaps seen some of that already. They're going to see a lot more um, over the, the coming weeks. So it's really exciting um, and it's uh, it's it's great to, to see what Sage are, are doing with uh, uh, re-establishing perhaps some of their uh, uh, their accountancy space connections and and bringing in some really smart acquisitions. And for you, Will, I know it's not about how many books you sell, but you genuinely care about making a difference and moving the dial in taking these accounting firms from compliance on online and digital through to being human firms. You're, you're the vanguard of that movement. And one of the things I talk about in the book, and it, it gets quite a bit of profile, is, is what I call the power of purpose. Um, and I had a very clear purpose when I set my accounting firm up in 2007, um, that at the time I didn't talk about it because it was quite arrogant and and uh, uh, seemingly unattainable in that I said, look, I, I think professional services are broken. Uh, I want to change the way professional services are delivered and the way those services are perceived by the people that use them. Um, and it's only been in the last couple of years that I've really made a connection to the clarity of that purpose and the general success that we've we've had as a as a business because whilst it wasn't plastered over walls and I didn't talk about it I knew it so it drove so much of the decisions that that, that I made as a as a business and that was about how do I enhance what clients get from accounting services how can I make it better how can I make it more um, attainable how can we deliver a level of service that that perhaps they they weren't able to get without you going to really big firms and we've 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 kind of done that we 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 had a big impact in terms of what we did we led the charge on technology that was about changing the way these services were delivered we didn't build the technology but we we learned how to use it in a way that has influenced the way that many firms are, are now operating so for me now it's well how, how do I help other people like like me like I was in 2007 to have that same impact both on their clients, but on their businesses as well. And some of the great stuff I've seen over the last 10, 15 years is that we are so much more collaborative. Accountancy firms are so much more comfortable with sharing and, and talking, um, happy to put their hands up when things haven't worked and say, hey, I, I didn't get this right. Don't make the same mistake that, that I did. 
Um, so it's really me continuing to live my purpose um, and doing that in different ways. And, and therefore, the opportunity to do this with Sage with a massive audience means that if I can get 20,000 people to read the book, I don't care if they buy it. It's like 20,000 people to read the book. That's 20,000 people that, that might be able to make a difference to to their clients. And if all of them look after 100 clients, that's a lot of clients that are, are going to be impacted. And who's the book aimed at, Will? A particular kind of accountant or firm owner, someone that can make decisions? No, I think uh, same with the, the digital firms. So, I mean, there's, there's there's firms that I know that today are still giving the book to every new starter. So every time they take on a, a new member of staff, they give them the book and say, this is what we're striving to do. So what I hope is that this is a, a five-year refresh um, and that that's, that's going to, to happen. It's clearly aimed at um, accounting and bookkeeping firm owners um, as a start point, because they're the people that can drive that change. But actually, if if somebody that joins a firm reads it and says, hey, I read in this book and I really think we should do this, um, that's great because they might be interested and the firm owner hadn't seen it. So anyone's working in an accounting and bookkeeping firm should get some value from it. And it's 26th of April, so the book is out now. Where can people get a copy? Available on Amazon, uh, as, as, you, as you might expect. Um, uh, so uh, it will certainly be available there. We will uh, have copies at Accountex for those that are attending Accountex in, uh, what are we, a couple of weeks time or so. Uh, so there'll be, uh, we're doing some big launch activity at Accountex. There's a couple of sessions I'm, I'm doing with, uh, with James and the team at Sage. Um, but uh, yeah, Amazon, as you might expect, is, is the go-to place. And you mentioned a few UK terms, but this is an international publication, isn't it, Will? Absolutely. We the, the first book, The Digital Firm, had a very strong UK slant. MTD was a big thing at the time. Um, but we've we've kind of moved beyond technology with this book. And it's really about thinking about both internally and externally, that human element. So yes, it has broad appeal, uh, regardless of, of where you're running an accounting or bookkeeping firm. Uh, the principles, I hope, will resonate with, with anybody that's looking to increase client lifetime value, deliver better experiences, clarify what your organizational purpose is, building a firm personality, building a great culture to recruit and retain the best people. All of that stuff is, is relevant wherever you're running a firm. That's great, Will. And in closing, aside from reading the book, what do firms really need to do differently to become a human firm? So step one is make sure you tick the digital firm box. Um, we've got to be using technology in the most effective way to enable us to go beyond that and really start thinking about how do we deliver the best possible insights for clients? How do we how do we make sure that we deliver what clients need and what rather than what we think as accounting firm owners they need? There's a very clear difference there. Um, and how much can we do to educate clients so they understand what they really need rather than what they think they want? And I don't that isn't about selling them more stuff. It's about genuinely recognizing that we can make a difference to them. And if we focus on the things that will deliver value to clients, the byproduct of that for the accounting firm is that you're going to generate more revenue, but you're doing it by making a fundamental difference to your clients. Let's leave that at step one. I'm just reminded of the Henry Ford. He made a lot of cars. He used to call it job one. The, the most important thing you should be doing at first. And once they get through that digital transformation, firms are then in a position to become a human firm with all the differentiation, competitive advantage and value to clients that that brings. That would sum things up, wouldn't it? Absolutely spot on, Rob. Couldn't have any better myself.
Well, Will Fanel, author of The Human Firm, coming out today. We're thrilled to have you on the show. Thank you so much for your time and your insights.